Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Althroa and uh, Super Rugby AU um, review uh, for rounds five and six. That's round five of Althroa and six of AU. Boy, oh boy, I do really, really regret some days giving Ashwin access to be able to uh, run the studio from behind the scenes. Um, and uh, let's bring him in in his uh, bright orange Broncos jersey. Um, what are you mean, Paul? What are you talking about? <laughs> dear, 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 dear. Which um, one do you want to go back to? <laughs> well, we'll stick with this. This one we normally go with. Um, as in, and for those of you listening to the podcast, that's Ashwin messing around with the uh, different um, camera setups. Um, yeah, if you were wondering why there's an, uh, um, well, slightly disjointed, is that Ashwin literally logged in as I was clicking go live. Um, so uh, <laughs> there has been no pre-show chat or organisation um, for this one. But clearly, we're going to go through four games. Uh, we had the uh, Highlanders versus the Hurricanes and the uh, Brumbies versus the Western Force on Friday night, followed by the Chiefs versus the Blues. Uh, and the Waratahs versus the Reds on Sunday. But um, uh, a bit of a case this weekend, Austrian overall, of the, um, of the uh, so I guess, teams uh, stepping up in the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, a uh, couple of upsets, whereas over in uh, Super Rugby AU, kind of all going according to script. Pretty much sums it up, really. You know, um, two upsets over this side of the Tasman and um, two trouncings on the other side. Hmm. And trouncings that were expected as well. Or, or, or expected by the team trouncings. We, expected trouncings and, uh, by, by the expected teams, at least, um, even if you didn't expect a trouncing. So let's kick off then. Uh, folks, by the way, if you want to have our hot takes on both the um, the, the, the probably Alteroa games, we did do post-match reactions straight after the final whistle where we're still, the adrenaline is still pumping um, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, now, um, so, um, nocturnal self flagellation time for me first up. Wow, geez, um, I don't know if it's that type of show, is it? Uh, not normally. <laughs> I mean, what you do at the weekends is entirely up to you, but nocturnal, to be honest with you. Um, 
We're not judgmental over here. We uh, we um, we yeah. are. Let's. Oh, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's. We are ju judgmental. <laughs> live and let live in my point of view. Um. So yeah. Hey, that, that's what you're into. Go for it. Um. So anyway. Um. Highlands versus Hurricanes. Um. Look, we, we talked. I say we talked about this straight after the thing. We turned a half an hour on it. Um. But some. Um. Highlanders in that first half, in particular, um, lots of attack, um, but lots of attack by basically one-off players um, trying to do their own thing. Um, Shannon Frizzell, in particular, uh, having a very eye-catching game, but um, also having uh, tr trying to basically take the whole game on his shoulders uh, and forcing passes, um, etc. Um, as well. So definitely, yeah, definitely a very, um, uh, Aaron Smith also tried it a little bit less. I mean, um, I think Frizzell was the main one, was the, um, but um, Hunt um, and Joshuani also to a little, a lesser degree um, as well. Um, yeah, everybody basically playing um, like they hadn't been introduced to each other. And playing the, um, well, playing well individually. Hmm. Did some really good stuff individually, but just didn't link as a team. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, just for those in, in the live chat there, Matthew has mentioned uh, Leinster's um, win over Munster in the Pro 14 final. Uh, we're just going to be covering Super Rugby in the show this evening. Um, and that kind of stuff we'll cover off on the Driving Mall show at 8pm on Tuesday evenings. So do join us for a more overall world view of rugby on Tuesday evenings at 8pm on the Driving Mall show. Um, with the Blues focus. With the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> So the um, I've got why well, I've got Blues versus Crusaders. That's last week. Here we go. Um, the uh, and the yeah, some an early lead there by the Hurricanes going out to ten nil, um, and uh, yeah, say so no no patience by the Highlanders. Uh, we had um, a uh, a yellow card for um, for Lomax for continued uh, or repeats. What do you may call it? Um, infringements um, at some. Um, there, which, which allowed the uh, the Highlanders to get back into it a little bit. I mean, they got they got one try back, um, but um, on half time, um, Jordy Barrett um, on the uh, shoulder of um, Rayasi um, and scores under the post for a 17-10 lead. Uh, I think people not a lot of people kind of scratching their heads a little bit about the fact that yes, it was uh, yeah, the Highlanders weren't getting any points for all of their for all the efforts endeavors. endeavors yep. Um, they did, um, Nocturnal Rights makes a point about the number of changes that were made. Yeah, there were seven changes coming into this game, but um, they did have a bye week. So they had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, so you can you, you, um, so you, you can make changes under that situation because you've got two weeks to, to, uh, to test it out, but clearly, or, or, to, or to run those drills. But clearly, that didn't work on this one. Um, and the other, I, I did see, a, a, and actually I should have taken a screenshot of it, uh, a fun comment on... Um, the uh, legendary Marty Banks Facebook page, which was um, uh, if it wasn't for Marty, if it wasn't for um, Jordy Barrett, the Highlanders would have won this game nineteen nil. Um, the um, <laughs> because it was the Jordy Barrett show. Now we saw up um, up, for, up 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 at the beginning of this one, the Hurricanes uh, look they're inexperienced. Uh, nine and ten really had trouble uh, exiting early in the game, but Jordy Barrett stepped up, pushed them to one side. And just went, look, this is how we're going to play. And he ran the team. Now, this wasn't a an individual effort by Jordy Barrett in the same way that Shannon Frizzell was doing it. This was an effort by him to 
to control and lead the team, wasn't it? Oh, look, I mean, it was about getting the team into the right parts of the field. That's what that was about, you know, and the fact is that, you know, um, we're, we're very, very, sus- well, I can't think of the right words, suspicious, dubious of the selection of Auburn Ledger as their first five for the Canes um, and really just wasn't executing um, the exits, etc. And so it's more a case of, you know, Geordie using the experience to make sure that the team gets out of the danger areas, gets into the right parts of the park. Um, so, yeah, not, it's not an individualistic performance by Geordie. It was more a case of, hey, look, let me execute because you guys aren't. <laughs> yeah, and he, was, and he also executed just out from the line as well. Um, uh, I mean, um, uh, Geordie over, uh, was, was off a um, first first phase line-out move that was about 10 metres out. Um, his off-the-shoulder RC wasn't that far out either. And then his other one um, where he went over, um, he was lurking behind the uh, behind the ruck um, spots where he can see a uh, um, uh, what, I, what they call it now but anyway basically spotted a gap where uh, the, the, the join between the ruck defense and the kind of line defense um, wasn't quite um, linked up called it to himself um, and um, off, um, off 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 straight to that gap now Nocturne Rice says yeah Jordy's a player has a clangor in him the key for him is which is uh is that his clangers are becoming further apart. Um, look, I think every player has a good and a bad night, right? Um, the what do you mean? E- even Bowden Barrett has nights where he can't hit the side of a bar with his with, with his with his, um, with his goal kicking. So I mean, everyone has bad nights. But um, do you think? I mean, I think it's become much a much more uh, consistent player over the last two seasons. Last season, this season, I would say he's, he's had to become. Effectively, it's almost like the. Um... Uh, responsibility that is now on his shoulders has sort of like made him the better player and, and sort of it stopped, well, not stopped him, but he seems to have taken those clangers out of the, the, the um, game with that um, responsibility that's come on him. Because when you look across that Kane's backline, he is it effectively in terms of experience, isn't he? I mean, when we go through it, who else is there to lead that backline? There isn't, it's him. Well, it is him, but it shouldn't be him, let's be honest. I mean, because, sorry. He he should be. It shouldn't just be him. La Mape, he's been around for True. six or six odd years now. Um, yep. In there, so he's 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 got plenty of experience. He should be a much more much more of a leader in that back line. Um, admittedly, the players like your Peter Manor Jensen's, I mean, Wes Houston's been around for a few years now. Uh, um, okay, so as as a winger, but even so, he should be. Yep. Um, oh, I don't, don't agree with. I'm oh, sorry. Don't disagree with you there. But I, I just sort of think that that next level experience is the only only one there is really Geordie Barrett. I mean, even Nell Marpy, who's been in All Black, um, just he, he's obvious. He, you've got your leadership All Blacks, and then you've got your All Blacks, and um, Geordie's obviously a leadership level All Black rather than just uh, an All Black. I think also Lamapi comes across as um, happy to do his own thing. Uh, happy to do, do sorry, not, that's a bit strange. Happy to do, do his play his role um, and perhaps, um, but doesn't some. Um, and I guess this is where we're we're turning right. Right, is I, I don't see if someone speaks up uh, now. We don't see him very often in interviews. Um, he does, he's not one of the more vocal. Doesn't come across as one of the more vocal players um, in in there. So yeah, uh, I think that's probably a difference. Um, for, for me, a difference from. Uh, from him, I'm just, just bringing up their lineup. Think about who was in their back line. So you've got um, obviously Campbell, Ledger, 
Lamapi, Billy Proctor. It's only that's it's like his second season. Wes Houston, Rayasi. I guess Rayasi is still new as well. So yeah, you, you, yeah, it's just those two really. Um, Lamapi and um, yep. Barrett with any uh, kind of, um, and then even off the bench, Peter Manga Jensen, Love, um, and uh, Tumanatane. Um, all, I mean, there's two 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 debutants there, and Manga Jensen doesn't have a lot of experience off the bench either. So yeah, it's uh, it's uh, he's a guy who is. Um, uh, as you say, stepping up to the challenge. Um, the um, also, yeah, I mean, just some silly mistakes by the Highlanders, uh, such as Wow Kulu joining the mall way too early um, when before the referee had said, "Look, line out over, you're allowed to come closer." Hadn't um, received his freedom. No, had not received his freedom. Um, so yeah, some so so yeah, silly mistakes. Too much individual play um, by the Highlanders because let's be honest, with seventy percent territory and sixty-nine percent possession, they had plenty of um, uh, of opportunities. Eight, eight Quilleen Ryan line breaks, only four um, by the um, Hurricanes as well. So look, they had the opportunities; they just didn't, they, they just couldn't take them um, through um, uh, through yeah through yep. poor play. Pretty much. Where, well, I think the Hurricanes where really took about every opportunity they got. I'm not sure they actually entered the 22 without getting a score um, in this one. Yeah, look, I mean, that, that's basically summed up the game, really, at the end of the day. It's um, the Highlanders played as uh, individuals and the Hurricanes played as a team with an individual that scored all the points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, yes, you're quite right. Criminal by the Islanders there, Nocturnal. Um, the so after that one, we had um, the uh, Brumbies versus the uh, Western Force. Um, and uh, wow, I don't think I've seen a more dominant half of rugby in a long time than we saw from the Brumbies in the first half. I don't know. Did did you stay up for this one? I saw it. I think until it was about seventeen nil, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to go get some Zs. So you didn't even last the half time. No, um, I didn't last the half time. No, no <laughs> I did not last till half time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, I mean, not not so much the game itself, but as soon as I see the Brumbies get a penalty and kick to the corner and driving more, I was just like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, I look the the Brumbies in this one. In the first half, at eighty four percent territory. I, the, the the force just could not get out of their own half. Um, they could not use the force. They definitely there was no there was no force in the force. It, it, it had gone west. That's for certain. Um, the so look twenty eight nil at half time, and yeah, as you say, a pretty much game over um, by that stage. Uh, six tries in total. Um, in the force tries, look, they did come uh, sort of. They got one back soon after half time, but in, look, they never ever really looked like getting close. Uh, if we're going to be honest, uh, it was much more even in the second half. Um, so, but even so, yeah, this was Brumbies all the way through. I think the, and the Brumbies proving that sure they lost to the Reds the other weekend, but they still are one of the one of the class the class teams over there in Super Rugby AU. Um, and uh, we'll get on to the Reds later. But um, one of the things from this one is that uh, well. One of the things that Blurries don't do is they don't get dragged down by the opposition and they stick to their game plan, right? They don't get overexcited. 
Uh, whereas when we talk about the Reds later, uh, they couldn't stick to a game plan um, and, uh, and couldn't wait. Whereas the Brumbies execute no matter who they're playing against. Yeah. Um, this is well, this is a very well drilled side. Um, uh, I think we've probably seen that with quite a lot of these players also being picked for the first Wallabies training camp um, as well. But uh, yeah, Lolisio um, still uh, impressing there. Um, Muirhead actually, I think actually yeah, Muirhead was more active than I perhaps thought thought of him being, and um, I think Valentini also is is having a cracking season um, in the Lucies there. Um, any other? Th- actually, we've already said you went to sleep. Oh, I can't have any other thoughts because I don't really have any. Yeah, yeah. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, uh, Chiefs, then the um, Blues. Um, in the, um, this one, again, um, oh, not the, uh, okay. One of the things we sort of think about when we think about Super Rugby in New Zealand is execution um, uh, and uh, and kind of uh, and flowing play and actually nailing those tries. Yep. 16 line breaks. So 16 clean breaks by the Chiefs, most of them in the first half. No tries. In fact, no points at all. Mm. Um, Brad Over said, yeah, look, they were, they were, they were, they were finding, um, they were making the breaks, but the finishing was not good. Uh, maybe pushing the um, the final pass um, on that one. So, um, yeah, I mean, wow, that, that first half was painful to watch, in all honesty. Uh, the Blues did get a try um, with um, Kiriwani, but probably turned down something like 12 points, kicking at, point, kicking at goal. Um, oh, look, I mean, when, when you just look at that first half, though, it's just like you're watching rugby, uh, sorry, Super Rugby AU between, say, like something like the Force and the Waratahs or something. That's that's it's just like, you know, I, I think um, Steve made the comment. He was he was up at a game in Wellsford and, um, you know, he sped, he, he sort of got driving you know, speeding tickets to, to, to make it in time for that. It was like pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, that first half just totally lack of cohesion from both sides um really and um you know it's sad sets you know frustrating it's not sad but frustrating to see a blues team that didn't turn up knowing that you know they've really they can own the game and they just don't turn up and it's disappointing um i i i'm i'm i i thought that that wasn't i mean i think they were there i but i just don't think they were they just weren't some um, they was making bad decisions. Um, well, yeah, well, you know. it was bad decisions and execution. I mean, like you look at, um, I can't remember who the players involved were, but a player catches it static in the back line. Um, and instead of just taking it in and, and um, he, he flings out a poor pass behind a player that's static. I mean, the reality is, is that if you're not throwing it to a pass to a player that's running onto it, the pass shouldn't go. You know, you need to be throwing balls onto a player that's on the move not a static player, because if you're passing it to a static player, the defense is coming up while the ball is traveling to that static player and shutting them down behind the advantage line. Now you've put yourself, um, compromised your whole team because you've got to get in behind there to basically, um, to, to, to you know, stop that ball being pulled, right? So it's that's the thing. It's just like, oh, it was school. You want to say schoolboy stuff, but first 15 rugby would have been better than that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, 
So I, 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 I unfortunately, I, I had technical issues, so I, so I can't play it. But um, post-match interview and um, Liam McDonald was was definitely yes. Uh, were, were you happy with them not taking threes? Basically, I think it was the question. He said no. Um, in, the, in the in the in the coach's box, we 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 were taking the threes. Um, we'll be having a look, talk about that decision making uh, during training during the week. Yeah. yeah, look, I mean, the, the fact is that it's it's become pretty evident whether it's, you know, whatever team it is, there's a formula for taking the kicks. Now, it's not actually about, um, you know, the dominance. So, oh, we're dominant, but we're not scoring points, so we're going to take a penalty kick. There's a formula is basically is a sort of like a sweet point on the field for where you've got a better than 50% chance, you know, you've got a high percentage chance of getting the three points. So basically you're talking within the fifth, uh, sort of like 25 from the sideline um, in front of the sticks, sort of 40 out, that sort of scenario. If it's in that area, you take the three. If it's outside of that area, because your percentage of getting the ball over, you go to the corner or you take a scrum. Generally it's going to the corner because you're going upfield. So that's what it is. And it's just like they've gone away from that formula last week, this week, the Blues, that is. And in terms of that, hang on, it's within that area of the field. You take the three, you go back down there again. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, and uh, if, I was um, was up in the media box and, the, and uh, there was, uh, I can remember, um, we had the commentary and, um, and Nesbitt said on the thing, it was like, um, at what point do the uh, the Blues decide to take three? So this was about like five minutes before half time. And I, I said like, yeah, 30 minutes ago. At which point yeah. the, the, blues, the blues media manager laughed. Um, yeah, he's like, "Yes, absolutely." I mean, we we couldn't believe what we were watching um, up there. Uh, so, well, especially the reason, and, and another reason why is because the game plan wasn't working. You know, we talk, I, I talked about they didn't turn up. We well, haven't turned up. You're not getting momentum. You know, things execution's poor. That's when you take the points. The um, and I, one, I'll tell you one thing we didn't talk about last last. Um, uh, didn't talk about last night. Actually, it's just like I actually thought that Patrick had his worst game for a very long time. He, you know, just the expression of the, the look on his face, um, what he was achieving around the field. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably his worst game for a quite some time. And yet, Liam McDonald name checked him after the game as one of their players, one of their better players. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> look, he he looked like a deer. I mean, like towards particularly towards the end of the game, he was looking like a deer in the headlights. You know, uh, you know. Key thing is that I'm, when, I'm when, just, when I'm just passing on what the uh, what, oh, absolutely, what, what the head coach said. sure, <laughs> sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, like you know, you're, you're just looking at times, and it's just like um, also when it's towards the end of the game, and although they had that turnover deep in Chiefs half um, penalty, it's just like Patrick, somebody go down with an injury at the lineout, and then bloody call your players in and have a chat. You got two minutes of the game left, and you need to say, boys, we need to muscle up and make sure we keep them out. You yeah. know, basic stuff, things that the Crusaders would do, right? You know what I mean? This is like Crusaders would have slowed that game down at that point and taken an injury or something like that to sort of get their composure, do their whole circly breathy thing that all the teams <laughs> seem to do these days. But you, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing that was missing. And um, I suppose that that's sort of, you know, you can't get disappointed in the result. Um, and so you can't blame the officials. You just have to say, well played Chiefs because they took the opportunities. At the end of the day, eventually, yeah, Aaron says that um, surely the water boy should carry out the instructions. Yeah, and we, we, look, we've also seen other water boys running on with a with a tee before it's been called to say, "Look, boys, yep. you're taking the three. Yep. Um, so look, yep. there are ways there are ways of forcing 
your decision on your captain if you if you've had enough of your captain. Um, look, a couple yeah. of players here who did play well because also we're talking about players who haven't. Um, Dalton Papalihi, twenty tackles, one missed. He Papalihi was one of the few few blues to really stand up. Yep. Um, and Luke Jacobson, also another um, good player now as, as, as well. He's he's as um, someone said about his um, uh, about him coming back off a long long injury, uh, and actually also in a, in a new position at number eight. I think he's he's um, he's, he's he's finding his place this year. Yeah, interesting. This is like if you look at it. I mean. The Blues, Blues had one good player and the Chiefs had two good players, okay? I mean, like, first half, you could throw Quinn Tupire in there as well. But effectively, the Blues um, had Dalton Papali'i and the Chiefs had Jacobson and they had Damian McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the ones that were basically doing it for their teams, basically, getting them out of trouble or getting them going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's true because obviously we lost Weber and um, Sam Kane. Sam Kane in the stinger. Um, uh, both came off, which is so both co captains came off at pretty much the same time, I think it was for the Chiefs, leaving out there some really um young, uh, uh, sort of younger leaders to have to take them home. Um, so, um, but uh, they but they did do so. Um, and Weber sort of talked up that bit, uh, in, in, in part of his post match um, thing, um, as well. Uh, the and um, I'm just going to play a clip from um, Clayton McMillan's uh, post-match interview uh, about the about what happened um, as, as part of that captain's uh, challenge. Well, So yeah, sorry, it's a bit loud, a little bit low, and a bit lots of other no echoey noise. But um, a, it was in a, a very bad room acoustically, and b, I say I had technical issues. Um, there, we're going to have to going. I'll be having to go, going out shopping, unfortunately, folks. Um, but yeah, he's basically saying, look, the, the referees are taking much longer um, and slower around these uh, key those decisions uh, during the game. Um, and as long as they get it right, that's the important thing, uh, rather than rushing it and getting it wrong. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I think that's basically, basically gone. I was just going to have to agree with um, um, what Nocturnal saying about 50 years ago with players physical dimensions i mean yeah you know he's probably he's probably bigger than colin meads <laughs> yeah, that's very 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 true um <laughs> but but insane i mean colin meads got around the park but dalton that big but he still gets around the park very well oh absolutely uh, look the, the condition they get nowadays is is yeah uh, light years ahead of what they used to get um look i've, I've seen quite a lot of comments on facebook and especially as, as we're part of various blues Discussion groups complaining about that um, that last pass being forward. Look, at the end of the day, this wasn't one and lost on one forward pass. This was, uh, and anyone who's complaining about the referee in this one, he was probably about the fourth or fifth best person on the pitch because um, there's an awful lot of people doing a lot worse than he was in their performances. So you can't blame the referee uh, here if you're not performing yourself. Um, so look, um, yeah, don't, don't, def this is not one to be blaming the referee for. 
this is uh, the, a lot of players have got a lot to answer for in this one. Unless um, there's been another drone footage shown that I haven't seen. I mean, you couldn't really say it was clear and obvious that it was forward, so it was never going to get overturned. Now, uh, yeah, I, I'd uh, yeah, I say the, yeah, all, all the shots I saw at the time didn't show it as being clear and obvious. Um, yeah. The um, uh, so that's that one. Uh, that leaves now the um, the Crusaders out front on eighteen points um, think, at the top of the table. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I think that, yeah, just no about the table. I think that's just a dip- yep. disappointing thing now. Is the fact is that you know the fact is it's just helped spread that gap to the Crusaders at the top of the table so much more. And um, you know, reality is is that we don't know what the future holds in terms of um, this competition and etc. But if it carries on like this it's not going to work <laughs> you know if, if we if, like we joked at the beginning before this competition starts i just give the, the uh trophy to the crusaders now and we joke and we jest and we laugh and go ha 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 but i mean like you know if if it becomes like that over and over again it's not good for the competition and you're gonna people aren't gonna watch absolutely and this is this is one of the reasons why um new zealand rugby is basically uh, is breaking a lot of its rules um, previously that uh, around uh, having uh, Pacifica teams involved or Fiji teams, whatever, um, and uh, for next year's because they need they they realise that if it's just a Trans Tasman with the current ten teams, that a lot of people are going to switch off. It needs more colour. It needs something that makes it more interesting. Um, so yes, even if the Crusaders do 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 walk through and win it next year, at least there'll be a couple of colourful teams in there for, to, to to sort of keep. Um, public interest um, yep. going. I mean, I mean, I'm going to bias comment, but at the end of the day, I, I still think, in terms of un- unfortunately, any other team, the, the, the Blues are still the best positioned team to take on the Crusaders because it's going to be down there to try and tip them over simply because of the tight five. Um, although, you know, the, the Chiefs had a great game in, in terms of their tight five um, yesterday. I don't know if it's a whether that's a one-off. I, I tend to think that it is a one-off. I think any other Type Five is just going to get blown off the park um, from the Crusaders Type Five. So the reality, is, sadly, is, is that the Blues are really the only ones that are going to be able to go down there and compete. And then it's a case of whether the backs can try and achieve anything because they've got a long way to go to try and. They're probably the fifth best backline in the competition. Ooh. Oh look! Look, they just don't create anything. They get they they get a platform from their forwards, but really they don't achieve from the platform that their forwards can give them. Um, I think they, I think Rico wants to be making some decent breaks. Um, yeah, but then but, okay, um, yeah, sure. No, no, I agree. I agree. Rico's made some. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not a harsh Rico critic at all. In fact, I'm I'm a Rico fan, but I do agree that he just doesn't. He cannot link with his outsides. And the break that he made where he ran around Sam Kane is a good example. Although you could sort of say, hey, look, the the supporting players weren't able to keep up with him. Rico needed to evaluate better what the options were when he didn't have the support there. Um, does he does he does he buy time slow down so that the Caleb on the outside can catch him? Does he put a kick through that then they can go deeper into Chiefs territory and put pressure on them down there? Again, he's just not made, you know, so he's again, he's he made some good breaks against the Crusaders, not an easy thing mm-hmm. to do, but you got to then got to take the right options. And you know, when we talk right back at the top of the conversation on this game, option taking was poor, 
that's yeah. something that he's really got to look at is his option taking once he's made those breaks. Um, and Aaron says, uh, Crusaders at a different level from the rest. The question is why? Uh, I think what was uh, interesting um, it was something that uh, we, we've heard sort of secondhand um, via uh, about um, uh, Rennie Rangers' time down there. Uh, now, there's a guy who's been an all-black, um, has been at the uh, top level in the top 14, has obviously paid for the Blues, has, has been in a lot of uh, environments. He was shocked by the level of detail that the Crusaders players go into every week and the amount of time they're spending on the iPads every morning. Now, yep. if a guy... Even at, even at training, even at training, and at training, training as well. Yep. yep, the iPads are out in the morning. They do their own time on their iPads and evaluating or, you know, schooling up on their roles and fine-tuning and fine-tuning, and they don't stop fine-tuning. Um, then when they're at practice, they're consistently going back to iPads to look at what they've done and what they need to do better. So it's about continual improvement and process. And we're not talking about as a team. These guys are taking it away off the paddock at, at a home and they're doing it on, they're doing their own homework at home, you know? As well um, as yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the element of the fact is that, you know, um, the fact that there's a lot more um, camaraderie within the, the unit, within the team. Um, they go out there and they socialise together as well, whereas most other of um, possibly the Highlanders might be an exception, but you can see it in the, in the in Wellington, Hamilton, and Auckland, where the players basically after training will end up effectively going back to their own flats or their own doing their own thing. Um, I'll be, I, yeah, I, I can't comment on that side of things, but definitely that, that level of detail, uh, the fact that they've been a, that um, they only bring in about five players each season, whereas most other sides bring in between up from from sort of nine through to sixteen new players a season it means they've got that level of continuity and and experience of playing together, uh, and all that adds, all those pieces add up. Um, not none, no one of those things is the thing that makes them that much better. It's adding all those pieces up together that make it that much better. Um, the so second place the Blues on ten points, eight points behind now the, the Crusaders, only two points clear of the Chiefs, um, who after the first two games we were thinking, boy oh boy the Chiefs are they going to get a win this season, um, and suddenly, uh, and well I mean I said that the Hurricanes Chiefs game was the wooden spoon decider, um, but uh, it doesn't look that way now. Uh, the Canes on five points and the, High and the Highlanders on five points, so um, yeah really tight amongst all those other teams really than the, than the Crusaders uh, now. Well, um, it's interesting though, eh? it's it's the swing of one game, right? If the Blues had gone and won yesterday, then we would oh. have said, oh yeah, there we go, there's the two-horse race. Because all they've done is then lost to the Crusaders only. And it's just yep. like, who else is going to beat them? Nobody else is going to beat them. But yeah, yesterday opens up the door massive. It's just one game has changed the whole landscape massively. Well, the, the the fact that the, the again also the hurricanes have um, have, have uh, won a game where they, they would have been on zero points or could easily have been on zero points uh, if they'd lost to the highlanders as well so yeah that, the the two games this weekend really have opened up the competition yeah Aaron says Sam, yes. what you guys sorry what yeah yes the comment on screen yeah it doesn't yeah so for our podcast listeners who can't read the comment on screen. Um, Aaron says, sounds like you guys saying higher intelligence level at the Crusaders. Yes. There we go. <laughs> right. Now, uh, I would say not necessarily higher intelligence, but um, higher. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think their players are any brighter than players at other teams. 
but just better application um, of their time. I would say no higher intelligence because of the because of education, right? Any time you educate yourself, you're a higher intelligence, right? So I think you, your 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 rugby IQ is going up because you're putting the effort in to increase your rugby IQ. So not not because they're they're individually smarter people. It's because yes. they're putting the work in to become more intelligent or have that extra rugby IQ. Yes, rugby absolutely. Rugby, rugby smarts rather than necessarily actual. The rather than actual, um, yep. yes, the, yep. as uh, yeah, as, as we've seen by um, perhaps some of Rico's behaviour, uh, not Rico's, um, so, some of um, ah, oh, blank the winger who pretends to be Rico, Severus's um, behaviour recently. Yeah, he's yeah, Severus. Uh, yes, uh, perhaps uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily call him the most intelligent the person. Tall in the shed. Um, Sharp is still in the shed, exactly. Um, but look, as you say, but as far as rugby smarts and as far as um, application to his craft as a, as a winger, um, yep. yes, he's, he's seen what he needs to do and he's taken on taken that on board and done it. I mean, um, to take to take a, take an example outside of rugby, you know, people, you know, you get these people that specialize in their fields and become PhDs or whatever. Now, I've dealt with some of these people, and you sort of think. They've got a PhD. They know everything about their area of knowledge. And they think that they know all this knowledge outside of the area. They know Jack. And it's just like, <laughs> they really, you know, it's like, but, but they focus on their area of expertise and they, they hone it and they hone it and hone it. Doesn't mean that they're incredibly smarter than the person standing next to them. They're just incredibly knowledgeable about their area of expertise. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, Aaron, you're right. Yeah, um, look, playing the PlayStation doesn't make you more intelligent, but um, they, they do have to have downtime as well. It's, it's a balance issue. Um, but, um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yep, yeah, so that's where we are with that one. Um, final game then, the Reds versus, or the Waratahs versus the Reds because it was down in New South Wales. Look, um, I was driving back from Hamilton, um, so I caught the last 20 minutes um, and really couldn't concentrate on it that much um tried watching the extended highlights today and again switched off pretty quickly because look 14 to 46 uh look the reds dominated this one um is is the easy thing to say 722 meters run compared to 394 by the um by the waratahs seven tries to one but they didn't start dominating it until 25 or so minutes in they butchered and made an absolute mess of this game initially by just trying to overplay um, and just thinking they could just throw it and go for it the whole time. And unlike the Crusaders, who are, sorry, unlike the um, Brumbies, as I said, who didn't get brought down or didn't take it, didn't take the team opposite them lightly, I think the Reds did and thought they could do um, magic stuff from the off without earning the right first. Did you can't say much more than that. Um, so, um, so as Oxford Wright says, yeah, Waratahs really tried. But look, every team tries when they get on the pitch. Let's be honest. I know sometimes we look at them and go, oh, they're not trying. They are. Um, they're, just being, they're, they're just being inept at their trying. Um, the, um, uh, so, um, so, yeah, you've got to say that, um, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah the, the, the Reds were a class above. Um, and um, 22 turnovers by the Waratahs 
if you're going to give the ball up that much to a side that can counter-attack and run like the Reds can, then you're going to be in an awful lot of pain. 20 clean breaks by the Reds. Look, the Waratahs' um, uh, defence improved, but um, got eventually got cut to pieces. Um, and um, the... Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, not sure Yeah, not sure much more to say on that one. Not much to say. I mean, I think Nocturnal sort of saying really encouraging Thorn to let his players try things. That could well be possibly true when you look at some of the uh, selections that Rennie's made for the 2021 Wall Wallaby squad, which will probably go over on Tuesday night on the Driving Mall show. Um, you know, Vunivalu, obviously, you know, honestly, a ha literally a handful of games and has been selected for that Wallaby squad. We know the potential he has. Obviously, Rennie would want Brad Thorne to say, hey, look, can you give him a bit of a licence to just have a go? Look, uh, you, 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 the... Apart from Corabetti um, and a fullback, so probably Banks, you could see the rest of the rest of the Wallabies' backline being the Reds, right? Um, probably White at, at nine, but from ten outwards, um, and yeah, uh, and qu quite right too. The uh, um, cracking, um, uh, cracking team. Um, so it's a bit strange. The Reds and the Waratahs is one of the oldest rugby derbies in the world. Yeah, maybe it is, but um, how many of these young players? really um have been brought up on that kind of storyline and history uh, oh, and, how yeah, many, but... and, and how much is it for them really beating the uh the best team which is the brumbies is actually their key game this year rather than the, the um rather than the Warriors. Well, you go back you go back a few years and they were absolutely horrible affairs between the waratahs and reds and it was only just a few years ago and it simply was because they it was a war a classic as say the oldest derby in the world type scenario where they hated each other and it became it was a horrible horrible game it was dour dour games which were very unattractive um so it's not a long time ago that it was still a valid thing but i think paul's right now it's just like that Waratahs team is just so weak anyway now at the moment. I mean, they need some massive rebuilding, obviously, um, not just at player level. I think it goes deeper than that, isn't it? It's really at a, a governance level and board level type scenario, backroom level, that they need to do some thinking and fixing um, sort of yeah. thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the Nocturne Wright says, uh, do you notice how um, – Players who lead the Crusaders do usually they don't look that good, except Geordie. Yes, and that's because we just talked about that environment that they're in, where they're getting fed that detailed information, where they're getting told, and then, where they're um, working around other people who are doing good things, so they do good things themselves. And then yep. they appear in another environment where they, where where they don't have access to that level of detail, and the other people aren't doing that work, so they don't, and hence they yep. don't look as good. That's it. And then that was the difference last year with the Blues a little bit too. And you wonder where, how much of an impact um, the Bowden Barrett um, leaving or, you know, being missing for a year is having because last year you knew, you just had the other players talked about it, right? The other players talked about he comes in and he's an All Black and he's doing, he's working harder and doing more than everybody else. And he's the All Black. Normally, you know, oh, I'm an All Black. I don't need to do anything. I'm already good, right? But no. They come in and they work harder than anybody else. And that means that everybody else lifts their game because it's like you don't want to be the embarrassed guy that's some All Blacks. You're working less than an All Black is. So it lifts everybody's game. So that's the scenario. And then, as, as you're alluding to, Paul, you got a player out of the Crusaders camp, goes to another franchise where nobody's working as hard as anybody was at the, at the Crusaders 
you just go down to that level as well. Yep. Um, and it's key players like a Bowden Barrett into an environment like that. Another one, um, Johnny Wilkinson going into Toulon. Now, he had, um, I'm trying to think of what the South African uh, captain, uh, Locke guy, who was um, scary as. Um, Blother or Matfield? I think both of them were there at some point within there. Yeah, actually, I, both of them were. Yeah, I think they both were there. Yeah, uh, Matfield. I, yeah. I think they both that uh, want to, have, have mentioned how they were scared not to train as hard as Johnny. Now, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Here's a guy. Now, is Johnny going to turn around and beat them up and shout at them for not training? No, no. But they're just going to be embarrassed of not it's stepping up to his level. That's it. Here's a benchmark, and you have to reach that. You have to be that benchmark. Otherwise, you look, you know, you, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Especially you're if you're gonna, not performing. <laughs> in all honesty, you're never going to reach Johnny Wilkinson's level of benchmark because he's come out and admitted afterwards that he was mentally in a very unhealthy state that meant he was way, way, way OCD. So you couldn't get to that level, but you're going to get as close as you can be. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, we've heard stories of of DC um, and the hours that he put in outside mm -hmm. of um, standard team practices. And he's, you know, it, it, going down to the park to kick, you know, a, apart from when he was a kid and out the backyard when his dad put goalposts up and he's kicking goals till the cows came home. Um, you know, as a, as a fully professional player, he still did that in terms of like any spare moment he has, he's going out there and and fine tuning his game on his own. So, I I, I think um, Johnny was probably sort of like um, I can't sort of downplaying it a bit and saying, "Oh, no, I was a bit weird." No, no, you're not weird. That's what you need to do to be the top of your game and be the best in the world. Um, well, uh, he's as I say, he's he's come out and said he's he's basically had to relearn how to be a human being since he's finished rugby. Um, the um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he's much more zen-like now than he than he was um, back then. But anyway, um, thank you, Ashwin, for um, for joining me. I'm the master of Zen in his bright orange T-shirt. Um, the um, and uh, thank you, everyone who has joined us in the live chat. We're here at 8 p.m. every Sunday, giving you a review of all the Super Rugby action. Don't forget, if you'd like to support New Zealand uh, Sport Radio, then go to nzsportradio.com. Um, click on one of the. Uh, Lock, lock, lock some uh, um, articles, and that will get you through to how you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio is the other way of getting there. Um, the uh, I've just or will be posting up a look at how frequently Grand Slams have been won over the uh, last 120 years um, and uh, analysis of that. Um, and you will also be coming out soon a look at the uh, uh, Pacifica Moana and um, uh, Fiji Dura uh, situation as well. So uh, look out for those uh, um, uh, videos and podcasts that are exclusive for supporters of New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 